me tell you, oh my friends, about this joy I'm living in. Let me take the mic, I wanna testify how I was dead and then I came to life. No more living in the dark of night. No, everything's alright. I've been changed. Dare to Serve Sunday, where it is going to be student-led, and we're going to be giving you guys a taste of kind of the different experiences we had on the various missions trips this summer. We had four uh, student missions trips this summer in addition to Mega Sports Camp. We had Junior High Reach Mansfield, Senior High Reach Mansfield, Johnny and Friends, and then also the team that went to the Dominican Republic. And so we're going to be sharing with you a little bit about all those different trips uh, this morning, just how God worked through those trips. The theme for this year, for the missions trips, is this changes everything. You'll see that on your bulletins, you see it on our shirts if you are sitting near a student. And the this that changes everything is the gospel. The gospel, the story of Jesus and how he died 
for our sins so that we can have a relationship with him, that changes everything. And it not only changes everything for someone who's unchurched and doesn't know the Lord and is, is struggling. Yes, they need the gospel, but the gospel also changes everything, even for the No matter what stage of life we're in, we need to hear the truth of the gospel. We need to remember God's love and let that sink in to our lives. And so that's the theme, that's what we've been studying as a youth group these past few months, and that's going to be the theme of this morning, is the gospel. And we're going to be talking about how the gospel, how the story of Jesus changes everything about our life. And so know that we're going to be talking about that this morning. That's going to be the theme of this Sunday morning. And also know that as we worship God, we're responding to his gospel. We're responding to the love that he first showed us. And so, would you stand with me? We're going to open up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to respond to the gospel by singing praises to God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you did send your son to die for us, even though we don't deserve it, even though we're sinful. We don't deserve to have a relationship with the God of the universe, but you want that anyways. And so thank you that you provided a way for us to have that relationship with you. Thank you that you provided a way for us to have eternal life. God, we are so thankful and we're humbled by the truth of the gospel. And so right now, I ask that you would just help us to remember the power of the gospel. Help us to focus our thoughts and our heart on you as we set apart this Sunday morning for you. This is all about you. This is all about giving you the glory that you deserve. And so God, we ask that you would be glorified, that you would be here in this place in a special way, and that you would remind us of the power of the gospel. Amen. Good morning, Brian. Ephesians 4, 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him, and seated us with him, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hi, my name is Haley Granger, and I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my time on the Junior High Reach Mansfield trip. I had a great experience. It was so amazing to be able to serve alongside so many great people. And it was a lot of hard work and there were some times where maybe we'd have a headache from the heat or maybe it got hard, but we were really able to help each other through it. And there was one time I saw this was really evident and it was the second day we were at the community garden and I was right in the sun shoveling out a stump and it started to get really hard. I was on this job alone and I started to get a little discouraged and right when I felt like I needed the most help, my friends, they started to notice and Luke, Tristan and Matt, they came over with their shovels and they helped me out. 
And what would have taken me a lot longer was done right away. And this is just one example of things that happened all throughout the week where we all have this one goal, and that's to serve others and glorify God while we're on this trip. And we were really able to come together while doing that. And another time we came together was during evening session. And that was every night we would come together at camp and have worship and a lesson. And we studied Romans 6. And verses 4 to 7, I'm going to read those. It says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So this is telling us that if we have come to know Christ, we used to be slaves to sin, but once we believe in him, we can leave that behind us and we can be joined in him with his death and his resurrection. And the next song we will be singing is Glorious Day. And it talks a lot about this too. It says that, yes, we may have been full of sin and shame, but Jesus, he calls our name, and we can leave that behind us and join him in his glorious day. Hey, you can have a seat. Amen. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Hey, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. And I'm Pastor Phil. I get the, the privilege of leading family ministry here and student ministry at Berean, and it's just so neat to see what God has done in our church and through our church um, this summer. And so thanks for being here and allowing us to share kind of a little bit of what God did in our lives. And uh, I get the privilege right now to introduce Cameron Todd. All right, Cameron Todd is going into his senior year, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about what God did and taught him um, in his mission trip reach Mansfield. But I got to tell you about Cam. Cam is is just a natural born leader, all right? And it's, he has a way about him that he can just kind of enter a crowd. And so for this reason, at Mega Sports Camp, we made him like the MC of the crowd, all right? And if you were there, you know, it's 200 and something kids, you got 100 volunteers, everyone's like jumping up and down. And he just worked that crowd and he worked his magic. And it was just, it's just exactly where you belong and just using that gifting. Um, and he's used that. He's uh, the quarterback at Mansfield Seniors, captain, as a junior, he's captain of the basketball team at Senior. And it's just, but more than all that, you know, a year ago, if you were here, um, I, got to, I was up here on the stage with Cam, kind of behind the stage, and I had the privilege of baptizing Cameron. And I don't know if you remember that day, but just seeing him step across the line and give his life to Jesus. And, and God's not done. God's not done yet. He's just beginning to write a story in Cameron's life. And Cam has prepared just a few things he wanted to share about what God taught him um, on mission this summer. Thank you. Uh, good morning, church. Uh, Phil was right. Uh, God is not done, actually, um, and that's why I'm here to talk to you about. Uh, D2S is um, there to serve, and when it comes to serving, when we serve, we're changing everything. So if you're daring me to change everything, of course, I'm going to—we should all just be jumping on that, right? We should all just jump on board. We're here to change everything, and how people see us Christians— and how we just carry ourselves is just, that's just very important to me, I think. And that's why I'm here to share with you guys. So this right here is, you'll see me playing with it a little bit. This is our survival guide of mission, our local mission trip. It has everything from 
the time you get up, the time you eat, the time you pack your lunch, to the time you leave, to the time you come back, and then you have an hour or so, and then to the time we go to Berean, I mean to the mega sports camp, and to the time we pack up. And then after all that, after all that's said and done, we, you know, shower, and we all meet in the pit. All, all of us uh, students, uh, adult leaders, we all meet in the pit, and we just go over God sightings, and um, we also go over a Bible study. So we studied First uh, Peter, and a question that was asked every day throughout this, throughout this packet was, what stood out to you? So I have a verse right here that I'm going to read to you guys. It's um, two things stuck out to me. It's First Peter 1, 13, 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be confirmed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy to your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, reading that, it's sort of a lot to take in. I got two things from that that, you know, in order to learn, you have to ask. You have to be want to want to learn more about it. So, sober-minded is something we'll touch on later. But holy, holy to me, it appeared a lot in the last two sentences, and just it stuck with me. I didn't really know what holy was. I was scared. I didn't know what holy was. And then Phil was like, holy. And then I, in my head, I was like, different. Like, yeah, different. And that's exactly what it is. Holy is being set apart, and how us Christians are are set apart from others, and how we can just be looked at in a certain way. And one thing being set apart is at uh, Mega Sports Camp. So when I was at, um, growing up, going to sports camps, it wasn't, it was just based around games. You had snacks, and then you leave. And you'd have fun, kids would be smiling, kids would be running around playing, enjoying, having the time of their life. But what if you, what if you just took that, except made Jesus the center of attention? And we still have games. There's still going to be food. And it's still going to be a lot of fun. And so we were picking a team name for my, for um, our, I was coaching football. We had a team name. And this, this kid named, named Luke, and I was like, Luke, what should, our, what should our name be? And he was like, the disciples. And like of all names, I'm ta- we had red ninjas, the alligators. We had every animal you can think of, the disciples. And I was like, that's a good name. I was like, why, why do you pick disciples? He's like, because we're here to, to follow Jesus. And I was like, wow. That kid, he's, he knows what's going on over here. But the thing is that how different from Mega Sports Camp is, Jesus was the center of attention. And everything else come along with it. It doesn't change. You add Jesus, it's so much more. But we can do that outside of Mega Sports Camp. We can do that in life. Once Jesus becomes the center of attention outside of Mega Sports Camp, outside of your two-week mission trip or your five-week mission trip, and he's the center of attention all the time. So at work, in your locker room, at school, with your friends, how are you going to carry yourself? How are you going to be different? How are you going to be holy? How are you going to live? And running around a lot, the, the mission trip, like if, if you've been a mission trip at all ever, can you raise your hand? If you've just if you've done any mission trip, you do a lot of running around. No, like everything, snap, snap, here, there, basically no time to rest. So when I went home, I was, I was out of routine. I had nothing to do, and then it sit back, and 
it hit me. And I, I had to be sober-minded, like, like I said right here. And sober-minded is kind of hard to understand, but it's literally just taking everything in, have an understanding of what's going on around you. How is God working around you? How is he working through you? So being, being sober-minded is something that, oh, sorry, that um, I had to work on to take in his word. So if I take in his word and I live and I'm holy, I'm different, and I, I can affect and I can reach someone, and that person can reach someone, and that person can reach someone, or the little kids that we reach, they reached me. They reached me. I was supposed to be there teaching them. They taught me so much. And so when you live to where every day is a mission and to not where you just sign up for your mission week or once you live and serve God every day, that's, that's when things start to change. And so after I'm done, we're going to be singing a song called Build My Life. And um, I kind of found myself building my life basically from, from scratch, from nothing. But in the song it says, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. So if his love is our foundation, there's nowhere but up from there. And I'm building my life. I, I'm not building. I was building the two weeks of missions but now that I'm gone out of that, now that I'm away from all my church friends, all my church people, how am I going to continue to build my life? And just see that God has a plan for all of us, and he wants to be there every step of the way, and he wants to help us build. He wants us to help us grow. He wants to be with us. It's, it's honestly so, it's so amazing to think about, really. So I'd please just invite you guys to stand. And um, this next song that we're going to sing, just... When you sing the lyrics, the words have such a powerful meaning behind it. You will be moved. I promise you that. I just pray that you just sing it with your heart and give glory to God when you sing. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. And there's nothing better to build your life on than Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Build your life on Christ. Um, I hope you've been blessed so far by this morning. There's more to come. There's more to come. And so um, in just a minute, um, we're going to have a video and we're going to be um, collecting or just allowing you to continue worship through offering. So if, you know, that's just want to come forward. Um, and during the video, you can see um, some different pictures and, and clips from the different mission trips that we did. And, you know, we did mission here in Mansfield and we had about, you know, 70 different students do that, junior and senior high students. And we sent about 15 students to the Dominican Republic. We had uh, four or five students and some family members go and do Johnny and Friends, you know, for a week this summer. And so, and that's just, you know, what I want you to know is that's just a snapshot of all the things that happened this summer. And, and most of that students, we had some students that were camp counselors this summer at Buella Beach and at Skyview and some different places like that. Uh, we had a team, you know, adult team in the Ukraine for a month, you know, serving the Lord there. And we had uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship. We had some youth serve all summer with CEF and sharing the gospel at even the Richland County Fair this week and other carnivals and fairs and stuff. And so God's been working in and through you. And that's, that's you know, not including women's ministry did some outreaches this summer. And we have our furniture and food ministry that's always ongoing. 
And all of this, you say, wow, why do you stay so busy with all that? Well, because we as a church believe, right, Berean? We believe that we have a great commission, a great commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, that Christ commanded. And he is with us always, even to the end of the age. We exist as a church, not as a cruise ship, but as a battleship to go into enemy territory and win people to Christ, to bring people into a relationship and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the video, enjoy that. You'll hear some testimonies during that too. And after the video, we're going to have one of our seniors who just graduated going into college, Isaac Sparks, come and share from the Word. And he's going to be in 2 Corinthians 5, if you want to turn your Bible there and get ready. But he's going to be sharing. And Isaac, I got to tell you about him, all right? The first time I met Isaac, we moved into Mansfield. And him and his brother Ethan were the first people to show up at my house. And so I just assumed right off the bat, oh, these guys must be really involved and plugged in. They must be like the core of the youth group. And really, that wasn't the case. They'd actually not been here too long, maybe a few years, and they hadn't really felt that connected. But I just assumed. And so I started asking Isaac and Ethan to do everything. I was like, hey, we're doing this youth thing. You guys should be there. Hey, hey, this. And before you know it, they were the core of the youth group, okay? <laughs> Whether they wanted to be or not, okay, they volunteered. And so we got them more and plugged in. And, you know, and Ethan, during his, his sophomore year, he said, hey, you know what? Isaac, um, he plays the guitar, which was kind of a half-truth at the time, actually. <laughs> and I was like, hey, sweet, let's get him on the worship team, right? And so I got him a binder, gave him all the music. And Isaac, you know, started practicing. And his mom, Chris Sparks, comes up to me a month or so later, and she says, Phil, he hasn't stopped playing the guitar. He keeps practicing and practicing. We got him on the worship team, and he's just grown. And God's hand has been on his life. And he is going to Moody this fall. He'll be going out in a few weeks. He's, he's majoring in pastoral ministry. He wants to be a pastor. And so that is what we are about, is raising up the next generation, not just of pastors. Yeah, definitely. But missionaries and Christian workers, and every member is a missionary. We are the ministers here. Every person, whether vocational or not, God calls you to partner with him on mission. And so I hope this will not be the first time or the last time, this will probably, I guess the first time, this will not be the last time that you hear from Isaac Sparks. He'll be back. So um, let me just pray as we invite God again into this time. And Jesus, I thank you that we can build our lives upon your truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he, the Father, made him Christ, who knew no sin, he was perfect, to be sin on my behalf, on our behalf, why? That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so, God, we thank you for the cross and how it enables us to have peace with you through faith. And so, God, as we just offer back our everything, but with that, maybe something that we want to worship you with through our tithes and our offerings, God, would you be pleased? But would we not stop there? Would we give you our every day, our every moment, are everything, because you, God, alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm Sam, and this year I got to go serve on Reach Mansfield with the junior hires. And it was a lot of fun because you got to, I got to connect with a lot of people that I never had really connected with because I always kind of felt like I didn't really have a ton of friends at church, but now going on that missions trip, it really kind of brought me closer to a lot of other people. And something that I learned on Reach is that you just have to really rely on God because He is the only one that can give you the strength to get through the week. And that's what we had to do a lot. We just had to pray and read His Word, and that's what gave us the strength. But it was a lot of fun, and working and just playing games and worshiping God, it was so much fun just connecting and being with everyone there. Westfield and I was this year able to go to Johnny and Friends and Reach Mansfield. So Reach Mansfield this year, it was a pretty good trip. I got to hang around some really cool people and just make new connections with people and it was really fun. Probably my favorite time was the pit because we just got to be able to worship and just have a good time and just share about what God did that day. Johnny and Friends was really good, too. Um, I got to hang out with a special needs girl. She had tics, and it was really cool. By the end of the week, I was just hanging around her, and I just kind of forgot she had tics. And I think Johnny and Friends was a really good experience, too, because I was able to hang around people with special needs, and I was just so fortunate that it doesn't happen to me, and my problems just seem so small compared to what they do. My name is Ethan Hunter and I went on the Dominican Republic trip and it was my first time out of the country. Uh, it really opened my eyes to a different way of life that they have down there. One thing that God really taught me on this trip was to trust in His timing and His plans rather than my own plans because 
Most of our plans throughout the trip tended to not go how we wanted, but at the end of the trip, we were still successful and everything worked out. And it probably went better according to how God wanted than the way we planned it to be. everyone. Um, my name's Isaac, as Phil introduced me. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was asked to um, share some scripture with you today. Um, but before I do that, um, I was also asked to share a little bit about the Dominican trip um, because I went and so I'm going to share. Yeah. Um, but this year was really different um, because this was the first year we didn't go to Haiti. Um, and I had been to Haiti three times before this, so I, I, I knew all the people. We always went to Jephthah's place, um, and we saw the same people, and I, I always bought a necklace from the same dude who, you know, I should have paid less for the necklace, let's be honest. Um, and I was super excited, um, especially to see this, this one little boy. I, I met him when he, when he turned 13. We were there on his birthday. Um, his name was Daniel. He's this little skinny um, kid who was, he, he turned 16 this year. And I was so excited to go and see him. And then I find out we're not going to Haiti. And I was so upset. I, I was mad. I was, I was just not okay with the fact that I wasn't going to see these people that I learned to know and I got to, I got to love and I was devastated. But something God taught me on this trip was it's not about what I want, which is a tough pill to swallow. But it was so amazing to learn that. And it, it, was, it was so awesome to go on this trip. And we built a church, which was also a first. We normally finish a church that the adult trip starts. But this year, since we went to the Dominican, and it was the first time in the Dominican, there was no church to finish. So we had to start and finish the church. So it was amazing. You got, you got to see it up on the screen. It was just a pile of dirt at first. That's what we started with. 
And we built it up from there. And it was amazing to see how God worked through us because we couldn't have done it on our own. But another thing that I loved about the trip, I did love the trip, by the way. It, it, it was awesome and I wasn't angry the whole time. It's a blessing from God. Um, but I met new people and I got, I, I got to love them. And one of them in particular, um, his, his name was Levi. Um, I, I met him at the work site. This, this is him. He's just the biggest little smile you've ever seen in your life. In five days, I didn't see him frown once. And he was around us pretty much all day. Like we'd get to the work site and he's sitting at the work site waiting for us. Um, he, had, he also had a bad habit of walking onto the work site where we're working with hammers and drills. So he had to pick him up and carry him off. That was, that was fun. Um, but I just, I loved playing with him. Everyone loved playing with him. And we got into fights and arguments about who gets to play with Levi right now. Um, but uh, there'd be times where, um, you know, we'd have jobs where only a couple of people can do this one certain thing or else we can't finish the church. And that's the only thing we can do right now. So a couple of us would take breaks. And so I would plan it out so I would work super, super hard when I had to work. And then when I was able to take a break, I'd get to go and play with Levi because I loved that kid. Um, but that meant that I had to work super hard or else if, if I just kind of work hard and then I go play with Levi, well, well then they'd be like, Isaac, Isaac, you've, you haven't been doing much. Come, come back, help us out. Um, and that's actually really similar to what, what this scripture passage talks about. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15, it starts out by saying, for Christ's love compels us. And that word compels, that, that's what I felt for Levi. I, I felt compelled to work harder so that I could go and play with him. It affected how I worked. It, it changed the way I did things. The passage continues. It says, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. In verse 15, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So this little piece of scripture is talking about how it's so important that we live for Christ. You know, I, I had to look up this word compels because I kind of I knew what it meant, but I, I didn't completely understand it. So when I pulled it up, uh, I, got, I got a couple of different synonyms um, like obligates or forces. Um, the, all the commentaries that I looked at used the word constrains. It's, it's a pushing of, of what we need to do. And so often we think of the word convicts. You know, the gospel convicts me to, to do things like Christ wants me to. And that's not what this passage is saying. It's one step further than that because I can be convicted to do something and sit back and not do anything about it. But this word compels, it says we're being pushed. We're being pushed to go and do something. If we fight it, it'll be hard. You know, we were made to follow Christ and to live for him. And if we resist it, it's, it's hard. You know, it's, it's kind of like 
um, if, if you've ever gone swimming in a river, trying to swim upriver is a whole lot harder than trying to swim downriver because you're being pushed a certain direction. And once you go with that direction, it gets so much easier. Not only that, but it's much more peaceful too. It's much more enjoyable to just sit there and float and let the river take you. And that's, that's what this is saying here. It pushes us. But we also need to understand why. Why are we being pushed this way? And it, it continues here in verse 14 after it says, his love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. What it's saying here is very similar to what it says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, that we've been ransomed. Um, that verse says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And it talks about how we've been bought. We didn't buy ourselves. We've been bought. And that means that we're not our own. We don't, I don't own my life. If you follow Christ, you do not own your life. And so if Jesus says to do something, we had better do it. Another reason in verse 15, it says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. This is a very similar concept, saying that we owe it to him. But, but it's a little bit different. This, one, this, this part of scripture talks about how we owe our lives to him because he gave his life for us. And that's a big deal. You, you don't want to ignore that. You see, every year, Phil picks out a theme to teach the students over the summer. Because our faith is so complicated. I mean, it can be boiled down to something simple. You know, we're sinners. Jesus died for us. We live for him. Because we've been saved. It's, we can make it simple. But it's so much bigger than that. It's bigger than me. It's, it's bigger than anything we can understand. It's this huge deal that is very complicated. And so Phil tries to teach us a little bit of it every year. And this year, the theme was, this changes everything. Because no matter how many times we sin, his sacrifice covers that. It, it changes who, who we were. Because I used to be a sinner, and now I'm saved. And that's amazing. But that doesn't mean I'm perfect. You see, now that I have been saved through grace, the gospel still needs to change my life or else I am resisting what God wants for my life. And that's how we should all live and it's so easy to forget that. 
there's this beautiful analogy. A, a lot of times in Scripture, there's words that pop up comparing things. And God's rule is called a kingdom. And so often we forget what a kingdom really is. You see, a kingdom has a king, right? And that king is above everyone else. He is in charge. Now, there's a difference between when I insult my friend and when I insult the king. You see, when I insult my friend, I hurt that relationship. But when I insult the king, I mean, the, the punishment is potentially death. And in our lives, that king is not just a king. He is the God of the universe who created everything and who gave up his life for our lives. And that is a huge deal. It changes everything. And if we ignore that, that is insulting to him. That is the biggest insult because we are taking glory away from him and saying, I am in charge of my life. And that's not how it should be. And when we live for him, it has this beautiful picture here. The end of verse 15, after it says, he died for us, it says, and was raised again. Now the end of verse 14, he said, he died for all, therefore all died. So if he dies, we die. Then at the end of verse 15, he says, he was raised again. So logically, we will be raised again. And it says that other, in other places in Scripture. And that was a passage in Romans that Haley was reading. You know, if he's raised again, we're raised again. Because we're a part of what he's doing. He has changed everything. And the proper response to that is to live for him, to follow him. And the way to do that is at the beginning of verse 14. It says, the thing that compels us is Christ's love. And so if we're to be similar to Christ and we're compelled by his love, then we are to love others. And it's really difficult to do that because it's so easy to love myself. But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're pushed to do. And so an appropriate response to this, that he's changed everything and we want to follow him. We want to love him. We want to give our lives to him. The appropriate response is worship. Because we're nothing. We're low little sinners who screw up every single day and yet God still saves us. And that is amazing. And so to close this service, we're going to have one last song of worship and I'm going to invite the band up. Um, and this, this last song is, is just a, a beautiful picture of what it means to worship because it's just purely and simply called Jesus, thank you. For everything that he's done, for everything that he's 
doing in our lives, that he's continuing to work through us because he changes everything. And so would you stand with me as we go into worship? And would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we want to thank you with our lives. And I pray that um, that will happen right now, that authentic worship will happen. That we won't just be singing words, that we won't just be looking at a screen and listening to songs, but that we will be pouring out our praise to you. And God, I pray that when this song ends, we'll continue to praise you. When we walk out those doors, when we go, when we go live our lives at home, at school, at work, at any, anywhere we go, we've been changed. Not just here, but our whole lives. Everything has been changed, God. And we want to thank you for that. And I pray that you'll help us to worship you more. In your name. Ephesians 2 says, but now you in Christ Jesus, who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. It's through the cross of Christ that everything changes. You know, and I hope you were blessed by the stories and the songs tonight, but Ultimately, may you know the grace and the love found in Christ. And may we live, may we live in light of the cross every day. May it change how we see our family, our marriage, our children. May it change how we approach our communities and our workplaces and our schools. May we live changed lives because Jesus laid his life down for us. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. And that's what Christ did for us. May we, the church, embark on mission together through the power of Christ, but in his Holy Spirit this week. In Jesus' name, go and be a blessing. Thanks for being with us this morning.